been awesome. Hey, would you remain standing for just a moment? We're going to pray together. Uh, we, we love to pray around here because we believe God answers prayer. And, uh, and we have a way for you guys to let us to connect with you uh, in, in a number of ways. But these connect cards, you can put your prayer requests on here. We pray over these as a staff, our staff prayer time that happens every Wednesday. And then on Sundays we pray over these. And I just want to pray over a few of these. All of these have to relate with family issues that are going on. I mean, you know, if you got family, you got family issues, right? And, uh, but, but some of these are really needing the intervention of God, like a miraculous thing to happen. And so I want to believe for this. Uh, this is uh, a lady who's asking for us to pray for salvation, reconciliation for son, daughter, with sisters, and so just family stuff going on. Here's, a here's someone who's asking for us to pray for uh, taking care of their aging parents and just trying to figure out how to work all that out. I mean, you know, God gives wisdom, God gives favor, God opens doors, and he, he cares about these parents more than anybody cares about these parents. And then uh, here's somebody that's just asking us to pray, saying simply, my family is splitting up. There is a devil who wants to steal kill and destroy but there is a God who wants to bring us into life and life that's more abundant and so I just believe God cares about every one of these families I believe God cares about your family so would you close your eyes if you're comfortable to lift your hand towards heaven we're gonna pray father we lift up all of these families to you we call out for salvation we call out for reconciliation we call out for forgiveness we call out for grace we call out for the supernatural of God to move in every one of these families. Give wisdom as they consider how to move together. Father, this family that feels like it's splitting up, you are the one who can put it all back together again. And you can make it better than before. So we speak life and love and blessing over every one of these families and over every family that's represented here in this house today. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Somebody say, amen. Amen. Thank the Lord. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, we love to connect with you guys. And uh, you can use these connect cards if you're new around here. You want to let us know about getting water baptized. That was amazing last week, huh? What, 14, 15 people getting water baptized. And uh, if you want to join the church, you want to become part of this family, or you just want to let us know what's going on in your world, we'd love to connect with you. We also still have the cross here from our 10-day uh, prayer season, and tons of prayer requests on there. We're still praying over that, and you can put your prayers on, uh, uh, requests on there as well. So let's connect. Everybody say connect. Yeah. Connect is a beautiful thing. So uh, thank you so much. Hey, before I start my message, just want to give a big shout out to Ryan Southern for taking over last Sunday. Um, my, uh, so my back went out like excruciatingly out. And uh, my lovely little wife was helping me like just literally even walk. And I sent a text out to the team and let them know that things were going on. And I told Ryan Saturday morning uh, that he may have to take uh, Sunday. And then they were dealing with family illness as well. So uh, somehow or another, he came over to the church at, at, in the middle of the day and worked past midnight to get a message ready for Sunday. And uh, thank God for a great team. Amen. 
So thank you, Ryan. It was so good. I watched it online, and uh, it's good to watch online, but nothing beats being in the room together. I mean, honestly, really. It, 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 I mean, it's a, it's a great thing to watch online, but being here back in the room uh, with you guys, this is good. I don't know why anybody wants to miss church. I, I really don't. I don't understand that at all. Well, uh, I want to keep talking about prayer power living for a moment because our 10-day prayer season uh, is, is over for now. We'll have another one in August as we get ready for the fall. But, uh, but our prayer life needs to keep on going. Right, as individuals and as a church. And, and I do want to say, give a big thanks. Uh, in 10 days, we had four kind of come together corporate prayer meetings. And uh, two of them were the pre-service prayer that happens at 845, which I would love to invite you guys to be a part of that. Or maybe just make it part of your sometime schedule. Uh, it doesn't have to be every week, but, uh, but just come every once in a while, 845, and let's pray for the service. Between that and our two mega worships, and one of them uh, got snow delayed big time. Uh, we had 421 adults uh, come to prayer times, and, um, and some of you guys repeated, and, and so you're counted in there more than once. But uh, if we would have had uh, a legit uh, mega worship on that first Wednesday, we would have been well over 500. When you have 500 hours of prayer invested, something is going to happen. Something powerful is going to happen. Because, I mean, we even find in the book of Acts, there was 120 people gathered in a prayer meeting, and God poured out the Holy Spirit. The day of Pentecost came, the church was born. So I just want to say thank you to everyone who catches the vision and understands the value and the power of this in our life. And, and I, just, I, I just want to keep urging all of us to, to give prayer, the practice of prayer, uh, having a life of prayer, uh, a place in your life. And, you know, carving that out is not always the easiest thing in the world to do. And, and it's sort of like trying to stay healthy or, or any number of things that you do to try to keep your life on top. Uh, it, you got to keep working at it. You got to keep going after it. And if you stumble, if you mess up, you just get back up and start all over again. And just keep going after it. But, but I can't imagine uh, anything more valuable to any of us than, than continuing to invest ourselves into building a life of prayer. Give prayer a big place in your life. It's good to have a place to pray, but it's more important to give prayer a place in your life. That you, are, that you are just allocating time to it and putting it in your schedule. And you might say, I don't even know how to pray. Guess what? Guess how you learn how to pray? You pray. So well, I've taken a couple of weeks, and you guys know I could probably talk about prayer for, forever. Just like you probably think I could talk about anything forever uh, that I'm preaching on. Sometimes it feels like it's forever, doesn't it? But uh, we talked about the idea, one, that prayer is a place where we can gain perspective. Ask of me and I'll show you great and mighty things that you didn't even know before. Uh, where you can gain power, where you can gain peace. That comes to you in that place of prayer. And then we talked about prayer as a place to, to dream again. And nobody, nobody can stop you from dreaming in your prayer closet. So, so if, if you just dream on a regular basis, something's going to shift in your life. Today I want to talk about this idea that prayer has this capacity to pull your future into your now. 
to pull your future into you now. Because when you and I are in that place of prayer, when we are worshiping God, when we are listening, when we are calling out for the people we care about, for the situations that God has put on our hearts, it can tap us in to the things that God is up to, what God has in his heart, his plans for the earth. Proverbs uh, 19 verse 21 says this, many are the plans in a man's heart. So we're always scheming, thinking, what's next? But the counsel of the Lord, it will stand. And, and I just want to remind us again that ultimately we have to find our story in his story. So he is the star of the show. <laughs> so even when it comes to prayer, prayer is not just having you have your prayers answered. Prayer is you finding your place in his show, R right? Prayer is you learning how to be the supporting cast to, of, the, of the show that Jesus is the star of. And, and I think when I, when I really began to realize the importance of this, that he's the star, because I think often we think of ourselves as the star of the show, uh, the star of my show anyway, right? I'm the star of my show, and God make everything line up for the way that I would like for it to be. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, he just let, make it all line up for the way I want it to be. And, uh, and, but, I, but I think a tremendous burden is lifted off of us when we start to recognize that it is really not all about me. Amen. Want to improve your marriage? It's not all about you. Want to improve your church? It's not all about you. Want to improve your, your work life? It's not all about you. Want to, want to be a better dad or a, or a better mom or you want to be better at anything? The minute you start to recognize that the whole thing is not all about you, uh, you actually are positioned in a whole different way. And what I've discovered is that this, this idea of it's not all about me has actually in, increased and improved my life rather than taking my life down. Because when I've recognized that the, the story is a bigger story than just a story about me, I, my value is not reduced. My value is actually increased because the, many are the plans in a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord will stand. In other words, what God has on his heart will continue to stand. It will happen. He will make it happen. I can either get in alignment with what he's doing or I can keep insisting on what I want to happen. And so you can live a much larger, better, blessed life within his purpose than you could with a with a this determination to kind of cut against the purpose of God because ultimately the counsel of the Lord will stand ultimately the purpose of the Lord will prevail now when I want to talk about pulling the future into the now I, I really want us to 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 consider our future as a church uh, consider your future as a family uh, consider your future as a person and what it feels like to me often is that the world is leaning into the future pretty strong I mean there there is there's constant effort to move into the future technology is is growing at an unprecedented rate 
Uh, communication and ways to communicate is, you know, even artificial intelligence is, is like moving forward at a fast pace. And all of these things are happening in the world. Uh, self-driving cars, people are leaning into that kind of thing. Wouldn't that be cool? Just to, to not just, not only just drink your coffee and steer with one hand, but like drink your coffee and eat your biscuit and let the car drive you. Come on out. I'm looking forward to the future. And, but, but I think too often uh, I see the church, the, the big C church, stuck in the past and not leaning into the future. Uh, I, I see people stuck in the past and not leaning into the future. So still nursing issues of the past, still even trying to maintain maybe a better day that they supposed was going to happen. But I just want you to know we're all going to move into the future. You're either going to move into the future large and in charge, or you're going to move into the future lost with the whirlwind about you. There, there's no future in your past. So... What I want to look at is a story in the Bible that gives us a glimpse into two guys who had a strong prayer life, and uh, I really wish I could read this whole chapter, and I would love to encourage you uh, to read it yourself, but Acts chapter 10, I want to read a few verses and, uh, and set something up that I want to take a few moments to talk about today. So Acts chapter 10, verse 1, there was a man... At Caesarea named Cornelius, a centurion. So he was over a hundred guys in the army of what was called the Italian cohort. A devout man and one who feared God with all his household. He gave many, everybody say many, alms and prayed to God continually. So many and continually. In other words, it was a, he was a giver, it was a lifestyle, and he was a prayer it was a lifestyle for, for him. About the ninth hour of the day, and later on in the passage, when he tells his side of the story, he is actually having a prayer session. About the ninth hour of the day, he clearly saw in a vision an angel of God who had just come in and said to him, Cornelius. And fixing his gaze on him and being much alarmed, he said, what is it, Lord? And he said to him, your prayers... And your alms, your prayers and your giving have ascended as a memorial before God. And I, I think, you know, sometimes we think all this prayer, has it, does it really matter? All this giving, does it really matter? It, it, it does ascend as a memorial before God. It, it, it piles up. God notices what's going on. No one else needs to know. <laughs> but if God knows, you're in a good position. And, and so the Bible says his, all, his many alms, his continually praying was ascending as a memorial before God. God was paying attention. Look at this Cornelius guy. He's a prayer. Look at this Cornelius guy. He's a giver. And God focused in on his situation and sent an angel into his world. And so it says, verse 5, now dispatch some men to Joppa. And send for a man named Simon, who is also called Peter. He is staying with a tanner named Simon, whose house is by the sea. Awesome. He's staying at his friend's beach house. Come on. 
Those are good friends, the ones that have beach houses. Amen. Anybody have a beach house? I want to be your friend. Um, just so I can speak blessing over your beach house. When the angel who was speaking to him had left, he summoned two of his servants and a devout soldier of those who were his personal attendants. And after he explained everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. On the next day, as they were on their way and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. And he became hungry and was desiring to eat. And while they were making preparations, he fell into a trance. And I really wish I had time to read the whole story. And I, want you, I really want you to read the whole story because there's some amazing ideas in here. But you'll remember Peter was having this prayer time. And three times the sheet came down. Unclean animals came to that sheet. And, uh, and the Lord spoke to him and said, Peter, rise and eat. Peter said, no way, well, I don't do that. I don't eat unclean. And, and three times, and he's trying to figure out what is going on here. At just when he finishes, this group of guys that's been sent from Cornelius' house comes and says, Peter, you're supposed to come see Cornelius. He goes to Cornelius' house. He tells them about this thing that happened in his prayer time. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit falls on these guys. They all start to speak in tongues. And Peter goes, I think God might be up to something here, <laughs> perceptive as he is. And it's a powerful story, and it has so many layers. I, I'm, I'm reading this and this message because I've actually been brooding on this message for two weeks. It's way too long. But, but honestly, there's so many powerful concepts that are in here. But here's what I want us to consider this morning. Two praying men going after their, their normal cycle of prayer, their normal prayer life, and God gives one and then the other a vision, a, a direction, a, a, a place to go. And really what God is doing is bringing them together so that he can reveal what he's up to, which is he's about ready to open the door for the Gentiles to be able to come in. So... A lifestyle of prayer, you never know when the angel's going to show up. You never know when the aha moment's going to happen. You never know if you're going to fall into a trance. Don't get weird on me, but you never know when God's going to give you a vision. And, and th there's two Greek words for time. One is chronos time, which is like everyday time, chronological time. That's when you schedule in your prayer times. You know, you just do that. One day you have a prayer time, it seems like it's really good. The next day you have a prayer time, it seems like it's dry as all get out. Right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? But, and then there's, the, then there's another Greek word for time, kairos, which really means uh, it's an elevated aha moment. It's like a, a breakthrough moment. And it's in the chronos times that you commit yourself to that you give yourself an opportunity for a kairos moment to happen it's like most you know when you come to church every week sometimes it just feels like i'm doing what i should be doing that's good but i mean you know every once in a while god just like speaks to you or does something for you does something in you that is incredible 
It just happens. You just show up for mega worship because that's what the church is doing. You just show up for pre-service prayer because that's what the church is doing. But sometimes in those moments, out of a chronos, just I'm going to do it. It's in my schedule. I'm just going to make it happen. Boom, a kairos moment can happen. A dream is given. A vision is given. A direction is given. And what I want to point out here is that this is a dream and a vision of a future that doesn't exist yet, but it's a future that God wants to exist. It's, it's the counsel of the Lord. It's something that God has on his heart to bring into the earth, and he's cluing these two guys in on this thing so that he can do what he wants to do. And uh, this is one of my favorite quotes about intercessory prayer. A guy named Walter Wink uh, said this, intercessory prayer is, that's standing in the gap for something, is spiritual defiance of what is in the name of what God has promised. That's just good right there. Intercession visualizes an alternative future to the one apparently faded by the momentum of current forces. Prayer infuses the air of a time yet to be into the suffocating atmosphere of the present. That's good stuff. Amen. History belongs to intercessors who believe the future into being. This is not simply a religious statement. It's also true of communists or capitalists or anarchists. The future belongs to whoever can envision a new and desired impossibility which faith then fixes upon as inevitable. I love this. History belongs to the intercessors. The future belongs to the intercessors. People who will stand in the gap. People who will fill the gap between heaven's desire and earth's mess. People who will stand in the gap between the now and the future. People who will stand in the gap between the will of God and the suffocating will of the enemy. I don't think I, don't think I need to convince you with stats on this, but there's an enemy at work in this world. And his whole attempt is to steal, kill, and destroy everyone and everything. That's his, that's his job. That's what he's doing. But there's also a God in heaven who's looking at the earth with a heart of love, with a heart of redemption, with a heart of, of healing and blessing and love and grace that he wants to bring into the world. And he's looking for somebody who will stand in the gap. Until someone will stand in spiritual defiance of the devil's plans and the devil's strategies, the devil has full sway. He's just a bully. You ever had a bully when you were a kid? And when you finally stood up to them, they were nothing. Or you got beat up, I don't know. But I remember, I remember all coming up, I wasn't a fighter, but occasionally I had to stand up to a bully, and every time I stood up to a bully, they just backed down. They got this bully spirit. The devil has a bully spirit. 
And he's just telling you, you're never going to make it. You're, ne you're never going to rise up. You're never going to amount to anything. He's just a bully. He's just a liar. And God says something entirely different about your life. And intercessory prayer standing up to him and saying, no way. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. <clears throat> and you and I get entrusted with a vision from God, a commission from God, an assignment from God. And that's his purpose for your life. That's why you're here. That's why you take up space. That's why you breathe. That's why you have the gifts that you have. It's his purpose for the planet, but it's how you fit into it. And there's a place. There's a place for our church to stand in the gap, but there's a place for you to stand in the gap between what heaven wants and what hell wants. But between what, what God wants, what the enemy wants. For you to stand there and insist, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, in earth, in my earth, just as it is in heaven. Ezekiel twenty two thirty says this, I searched for a man among them who, who would build up the wall and stand in the gap before me for the land, so that I would not destroy it, but I found no one. God's looking for somebody who will stand in the gap for his will to be done. So here's what I, here's what, here's what I want to do. I want to look at a passage and then give a couple of practical ideas. I think that can help us pull the future by our prayer life into the now. Habakkuk 2, 1 through 3 says, I will stand on my guard post, station myself on the rampart, and I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me and how I may reply when I am reproved. Then the Lord answered me and said, record the vision and scribe it on tablets that the one who reads it may run. Habakkuk 2.3, for the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hastens toward the goal. It will not fail, though it tarries. That is, that is a truth about vision. Though it tarries. <laughs> it just takes longer than you want it to take. Wait for it, for it will certainly come. It will not delay. Mm, I love it. So let's talk about a couple of ideas. How to prayer pull your future into your now. Number one is hear from God. Got to hear from God. Habakkuk 2.1, I'll stand on my guard post, station myself on the rampart. I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me. And I, I just want to encourage you this morning to understand that you have a guard post. It's an assignment for the Lord, from the Lord. Maybe it's your family. It certainly is your family. Maybe it's the people you work with. Maybe it's your church. Maybe it's your city. But a place that God's assigned you, that you stand and guard and say, I'm bringing God's blessing into my family, and I'm keeping the devil out of my family. 
I'm bringing God's best into my workplace, and I'm going to do everything I can to keep the enemy out of my workplace. Can anybody hear what I'm saying? That, that there's a place that God's assigned to you, and we have this, uh, uh, you know, corporate thing as a church, uh, uh, an assignment from God for our city, for our region, for our world, but you have one in your life, and when you are in your time of prayer, he's what he says, I'll, uh, I'll take my stand at my guard post. I'm, I'm praying for my family. I'm, I'm praying for my church. I'm praying for my city. I'm praying for uh, our nation. I'm praying for a mission trip. I'm praying for whatever. I'm talking and I'm listening. And I'm listening with my heart. I'm listening with my spirit. I'm sensing the pull. I'm I'm investing my chronos time until a kairos moment happens. Where I, where I would just get a, okay, I get it now. I see where God wants to go. I see, I see where this is happening. And continually hearing and then continually acting out of what you're hearing. I think it's interesting that both Cornelius and Peter saw and heard something, but neither of them knew what the other one saw or heard. They didn't know what was happening in the other guy's world. Matter of fact, they didn't even know the other guy yet. Your destiny is always tied up in a connection. And God gives a piece of the puzzle to Peter and a piece of the puzzle to Cornelius. And he's saying, I got to get you two together. Because once I get you two together, shazam, pow. I want to say to you that God is always setting up the dominoes for the praying man or the praying woman. God is arranging, th like Peter didn't know what was going on with Cornelius. Cornelius didn't know what was going on with Peter, but God is setting up the dominoes behind the scene. He's arranging things behind the scene. And that person who's standing at their guard post, maybe one day, maybe two days, maybe three weeks, maybe three years, just seeking God continually, going after God continually, and all of a sudden God says, you need to give this guy a call. You need to go have lunch with this person. You need to go pray with this person. You need to give something to this ministry. You need to do this. You need to do that. You just a little thing, a little tug, a little sense. Don't wait for an angel to show up. <laughs> Don't wait till you fall into a trance. But you're, you're just getting this thing going on inside of you, and you know this is, okay, I could make a move towards this. I could take a step, and then I could take another step. I think this idea of hearing from God is, requires that we actually set aside time to hear from God. It, it requires that we take time to tune in. Because I think, I think one of the downfalls of Western society is busyness. 
So if you ask somebody, hey, how's it going? Oh, I'm so busy. I got so much going on. Like that's a badge of honor, a badge of, oh, you must really be productive. And I think we have been fooled into thinking busyness equals productivity. Busyness equals value. I must be valuable, I'm busy. But I'm here to say to you that the greatest value you could bring to family, work, church, world, school, is to be that kind of person who has an ongoing, current, real, personal, in touch, in tune with God relationship. Your value grows exponentially. And that, that relationship takes time. T-I-M-E. You got to pay the price of time. And time, time is, I, I find now to ask people for their time is often more difficult than asking them to give. Because, like, give us some, give me some of your time. Come to a prayer meeting. I don't have time. Be in church on a regular basis. I don't have time. Help, help us serve in the city. I don't have time. Read your Bible. Uh, so busy. Somebody say amen. Let <laughs> me just, when I left the house in the morning, it was so foggy. And my attempt today is let's clear the fog a little bit. Because a lot of us are so scammering, scam, scammering, is that a word? Scampering around with busyness that we just, we don't have time. Got to get to work. Got to get some sleep, right? So I got to sleep to the last minute and get up and eat a Pop-Tart on the way to work. But I'm just saying to you, listen, one God-inspired idea, one word, one, you need a sin for this guy in Joppa. And one, you need to connect with him. Now, you don't even know why. One little inspirational birthed out of intimacy with God moment could be, it would certainly be way more valuable than you taking months and months and months and trying and striving and grinding to figure out how to make it all work out because once God turns the light on, there's the path. 
Psalm 119.105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You ever get up in the middle of the night, it's totally dark, and you walk slow because you value those toes. And, and when, when it, if it's completely dark, you can freeze. But just a flashlight, just a lamp, just a, okay, here's the next step. Proverbs 21, 31 says, the horse is prepared for the day of battle. You can do all you want, but victory belongs to the Lord. I believe in preparing the horse, but I know ultimately the victory belongs to the Lord. Anybody get anything out of this? Come on. And I'm just saying, you can work and plan and organize and, and try to keep it all together all day long, but there is a God who has a plan, a purpose that he wants to accomplish, and he's the alpha and the omega. He knows how and when to start. He knows how and when it's all going to open up. He knows how and when it's going to finish. So God knows what's next at your assignment, your posted assignment, and he wants to let you in on it, but you got to take some time. Amen. Amen. Turn and look at your neighbor and say, got to take some time. That was so enthusiastic. Thank you so much. All right, the second idea I want to talk about is this, is you got to make plans out of your prayer dreaming. You got to make plans out of your prayer dreaming. So Habakkuk 2.2 says, so the Lord answered me and said, record the vision, inscribe it on your iPad, or however you take notes when you're spending time with God, that the one who reads it may act on it. Where you, where you harness the awesome power of a vision, you harness the awesome power of a dream to shape the activity of your days. Proverbs 29, 18 says, without a vision, people perish. Vision is the thing that you're building towards. It's, 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 the, it's the picture on the front of the puzzle box. You set, so when you're building a puzzle, you set the picture there so you can see that's, this is what I'm going to build and I got to take all these pieces now and put them together and try to match it up with this. Your vision is what gives sense to your days. And without a vision, you spend your days putting out brush fires. You spend your days strangely addicted to busy trivialities. My back's out, and I'm laying in the bed trying to get better, and I'm surfing the Internet. I end up having Amazon Prime send something to my house every day. <laughs> vitamins and shampoo and oh I like those tennis shoes and all this it's like every day a box is it asked my wife she, she goes here's another one every day a box is showing up at my house but it was amazing to me how a day could go 
I hadn't done anything except surf the web and buy stuff off Amazon. Without a vision, that's all you do. You buy a few things, you surf around, you watch TV, and you don't really have, what do I do with my life? What do I do with my days? You got to plan your days to lean into your vision. The vision that you got when you were spending time with God. If you only plan your days out of your past, you just keep repeating your past. If you only plan your days just out of your present circumstances, then you just live in the same year over and over and over again. Something has to change. Something has to has to shift. And I've been captured by this idea recently. The future, we look at the future and go, somewhere five years down the road, I'm going to intersect with this amazing future. But the truth is, your future is in your next step. It's like, so if your future is, I want to be in better shape, then you've got to actually do something about it today like the next step. Or if my future is I wanted to have a closer walk with God, that means read your Bible today, right? Not, not wait for some cataclysmic thing to happen. If your future, how do you pull your future into your now? It's just your next step. It's not way out, your future's not way out there. You gotta plan something today do something today with looking at the picture on the front of the box and say, I, I'm just going to take a step toward that. I'm just going to try to put this piece in. I'm just going to try to put that piece in. I just believe that God has an exceptional, blessed future for you, for me, for our church, for our city, for our world. And he's looking for some intercessors. He's looking for some people who will stand in the gap and insist, no matter what's going on in the environment, in the political conversations of the day, in the economy of the day, he's looking for somebody who will just say, thy kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. I want you to bow your heads, please, and I want to pray. Father, I just thank you so much that each one of us is given an assignment from you that you want to do great things in us. You want to do great things through us. You've given us a part to play. And I'm praying for every person in this room today that that the lights are coming on and that the aha moments are happening and that you are drawing them to yourself and you are speaking. With your head bowed and your eyes closed just for a few more moments, maybe you've never really surrendered your life to Jesus. And the first step in all of this is always that, that move to say, Jesus, here is my life. Here is all that I am, here is all that I'm not, but I need you and I want you. I want my life in your hands.
If you're here today, maybe you've never surrendered to Jesus before, I would love to pray with you today. Let's start that journey. Let's take that first step. Maybe you're here today and you used to be close to the Lord, but you're not now where you used to be, where you want to be, where you could be, where you even know you should be. Or maybe you just feel unsure about where you stand today. I want to pray with you. Nobody looking around, but I want you to be brave. I want you to take courage. I want you to to make a move in your heart, and I want to pray with you. If you say, Pastor, I want to give my life to Christ, or I know I need to come back to him, I just, I, I need to make sure I'm right with God. Would you pray with me? I want you to lift your hand right now and say, that's me. Would you pray for me? Keep it up. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Come on. Just be honest. This isn't, this isn't the, the whole thing, but it's the first step that's maybe the most important step that just says yes, just a yes. Anybody else want to say yes to the Lord today? Thank you. We're all going to pray this together, but this is for everybody who lifted their hand mainly. But let's all say it together. Let's, let's stand in support of each other. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to your love. I want you. I need you as my Lord. Today, I come to the cross where you paid the price for all of my sin. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for a fresh start, for a new beginning. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. Amen.